0: My name is Anton Welke and this is my wife Christina Welke and we are on the global missions team with an emphasis on the Dominican Republic.
1: Anton and I met in second grade in Mrs. Milkey's class. We we're each other's first boyfriend and girlfriend in fourth grade and in high school we became really good friends. Graduated and Anton was getting ready to go join the Navy and I was getting ready to go to business school and he called me out of the blue and asked me to marry him. <laughs> <laughs> 10 months after we graduated, we got married and in a courthouse in Maricopa County in, uh
0: Friday the 13th?
1: Friday the 13th in Arizona. Our faith lives were in different places because we were experiencing different things in life. Anton was overseas. Anton was living on a ship and was really lonely. And I was really experiencing a lot of pain from losing my dad as a teenager and just wanting the rest of my life to be great. Right away, we started going to church. We would go one week to the Lutheran Church down the road and the other week to the Catholic Church down the road, just every other week. And I had never prayed openly with anybody in my life. But him and I started just praying openly or people back home in our little apartment in San Diego and that's really where our faith life began.
0: We basically only spent two or three more weeks together. I went out to see for a week and we we're pulling in on September 11th and uh, I just always had a picture of her on my rack and I just would look at her give her a little kiss every morning. Went down to get my eggs I seen this this kid run in and just say um, Plane just hit the World Trade Center, we're going to war.
1: So I really had only lived in San Diego for six weeks, and uh, I was 18, I was married, and my husband was going to war, and um, I was on my own. During that time, when he was overseas, they he was running uh, down to grab some lunch, and General Quarters was called. and
0: This was just a drill this time. I was just running up, and by the time you know, they have to shut the water hatches and that's like a 300 pound door. And a portion of it, somehow, someway hit me, knocked me down, cut me here. And I woke up on the bottom of steps with uh, blood running in my eyes and it's grabbed it. My buddy took me to medical and they stitched me up and just started getting uh, side effects of a, a mild TBI.
1: We continued living out in San Diego until he got out of the service. We moved back to our hometown, Plainview. Started our life back here and continued, the struggles continued. We were going to the Catholic Church and my mom said to me, if you guys really want God in your life, you need to go to church every Sunday and not just go when things are bad. And so she challenged me and she was right. And even though we had been practicing in the Catholic Church, I think we both know, knew that we needed a new home.
0: I like to. Think about going over to Rochester, or trying another church in Plainview.
1: The first week we went to CCC, we dropped off the kids. Again, I'm bringing in all of my what I believed was what your faith life should look like. And after a couple of months of attending, I just remember thinking like all of those things I ha- thought I had to do in order for God to love me, in order for God to accept me, all of that came crumbling down. I, I just remember thinking none of that matters. At the same time, Anton was seeking help for really an unknown at that point. He was seeking help for um, mental illness, just anxiety and depression, and just this really interwoven, complex um, thing that he'd been dealing with for six years. Anton got some more, uh, had some evaluations done at the VA, and in 2015, found out that He had a brain injury from the incident in 2001, and that had been causing all of his issues for the last 14 years. So CARE 11 picked up the story, shared it with a whole bunch of people. We became the center of this big controversial thing that they weren't taking care of veterans. And so Anton Anton and I were part of those stories, and Overall, 25,000 veterans got examinations for brain injuries because they knew that they weren't taking care of these guys. Now we had a better understanding of what was causing all of these issues, and we had a baseline that we could work toward. And we actually knew what we could pray for. And I think that up to that point, I think Anton thought that his situation was hopeless, but Mm -hmm. through prayer and through great friendships and um, really great Bible study groups, um, we've been able to lean into them and just find God in, in this journey and in, through all these struggles.
0: We used to, like Jimmy John's used to have, get two large pizzas for 9.99, and this was like in 2001, right? And we would just grab 20 bucks and get a couple large pizzas and a little extra money, get like a 99 cent soda. and. If anyone's ever been to San Diego, there's homeless people everywhere. So we would just stop by and bless them with that. Um,
1: they were people to him. And I just witnessed him giving practical things. So as a couple we just kind of
0: make chili. I, we did it
1: on our own. We'd make chili and drive up and down the boulevard on and just serve chili. And in 2013 we were going on vacation to the Dominican Republic and that place completely changed us. We went there on vacation and left thinking, we're gonna do something really big here someday. And I just don't know what that is. The Global Missions team spent some time trying to find an existing partnership that we could come along beside. And so um, the Global Missions team spent some time vetting and we did a vision trip in January and got to meet Tammy and Rick from Mission 2535. and. Um, We're excited to say that this is an amazing opportunity for our church to come alongside what they have started. I can envision people in our church taking their gifts, taking their skill sets down there and just loving on um, the people that they support. There's just endless opportunity to go down and have a really big impact on um, a community that is struggling. I think we have the responsibility to do that as christians to go out and make sure that we're outside of our churches and not just investing in our churches but investing in everyone that hasn't heard about god yet
2: how's everybody doing great to see you those of you here in person those of you who are worshiping with us online um i'm daryl holden My pleasure to be with you today. I'm really glad for you to meet Anton and Christina. If you don't know them in person, and hear a little bit of their story, because first of all, you need to know that Christ's Community is getting involved in the Dominican Republic, and so great opportunity for you there. But for purposes, um, this weekend, we're talking about promises that God made to us, and they're a real life example of how God gives us the strength we need not only to endure but also to engage and accomplish. And so I thought that was a great story for us as we lean into what we're gonna talk about this weekend. We're in this series that we are really asking the question. The question is what if he does? Like what if God actually comes through on the promises that he makes to us? What if he does what he says he will do? And what could our lives look like? on the basis of his promise. And so today I wanna talk with you about a promise that is, if you've been around church, this is very familiar to you. It comes from Philippians chapter four, verse 13. The apostle Paul, writing these words, he makes this statement. He says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And if you you just kind of back out of that a little bit, the promise that Jesus makes to his people is you can do all things in my strength. So there's, there's a promise for you, you can do all things in my strength. Now, there's actually a lot of debate over what this means. So I'll give you the two extremes of the debate. Scholars talk about, well, what, what does all things mean? So on one end of the spectrum, in the more um, like the narrower side of things, if you read Philippians chapter four, the apostle Paul is particularly talking about contentment. He's in difficult circumstances and he is thanking the Philippian church for a gift they sent to him and he did not have enough and because of this gift now he has enough and he says to him, hey, I really appreciate the gift. I've learned to be content in all my circumstances and then he says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength and so there are people who say, well, this this promise only, only applies to circumstances where we're pursuing contentment. God will give his people the ability to be content. If you go way far to the other end of the spectrum, if you watch sports, you'll see on tattooed somewhere on the body of an elite athlete the reference of this Bible verse, P-H-I-L for Philippians 4.13. And our assumption when we see that on these elite athletes is that they've got that, that verse tattooed on their body somewhere hoping that like I want to do this, I want to win, I want to make have these accomplishments in my chosen sport and I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength and I'm I'm claiming this promise that I can do basically whatever I want to do, God's going to give me the strength to be able to do it. And so the question is really is this promise is this promise a narrow promise that like if if you need to be content that you could have strength from Jesus to be content or is this a broader promise that, that applies in wider circumstances of your life? And so to kinda help us wrestle through that, and I would answer, I'll just give you a tip my hat a little early, um, I would tell you, I think it's a broader promise. I won't go all the way to I get to choose whatever I wanna do and then God's obligating himself to give me the strength for it, but I think this is broader than many friends that I have who would say that this is a, this is a narrow little promise. And so I wanna walk you through some scriptures to help us kinda see the breadth of this promise, and then we're gonna talk about our little question, what if he does, what if God actually gives me strength to be able to do all things? And then I wanna wrap this up by helping us in some practical ways learn how to receive this strength that Christ wants to offer to us. So if we kinda start on our little journey through the scriptures, About 950 years before Jesus was born, the ancient nation of Israel, the most of the Old Testament is written about, uh, King Solomon, he was the third king of the nation of Israel. And he built this magnificent temple as the place for the nation of Israel to worship God. And he said in the building of that temple, he, he acknowledged that, like the temple didn't house God because not even the highest heavens can house God, but that God was this amazing and awesome God and he deserved to be worshiped in an amazing and awesome place. And so Solomon built this amazing, awesome temple for the Lord and, and it was in the capital city of the ancient nation of Israel and it was, like it was the center place Of that city, and it was the place where people came to worship God in the nation. Now, it wasn't the only place, but it was like it was the place that they came to worship God. And as Solomon built that temple, he built a front porch for it. So he built this spectacular porch, and he put two columns on the front of the porch, and then he did something that I don't know how common this was. In his, I can't find anything that says whether this was a common practice or a rare thing. But he he named those two columns that held up that front porch. And this is recorded for us in 1 Kings chapter 7, verse 21, speaking of Solomon, he says, he erected the pillars at the portico of the temple. The pillar to the south he named Joachim, and the one to the north, Boaz. So, Jesus says, you can do all things in my strength. And what is interesting to me about the names of the pillars on this front port, the names actually mean something. So so that name Yaqeen means the Lord establishes. So in ancient Hebrew, which is Solomon's language that he would have spoken, Yaqin means the Lord establishes. And when I think about something that's being established, what do you think about when you think about something being established? We think like I think about something that is that is firm, that it, is, that it is rooted, that it's healthy. And, and Solomon is declaring on the front porch of this temple that is the centerpiece of the capital city of the nation of Israel, the place where people come to worship. Everybody who came to worship and everybody who walked by would see these pillars. And Joachim, the Lord establishes if, if you are established or if you're gonna be established, it is gonna come to you, that establishment is gonna be of the Lord in your life. And then the other pillar that was named Boaz, in him, in the Lord, is strength. So, so again, if you're walking past that temple or if you're going in for worship, you're just, and you have strength, like it's, it's a good day, it's a good season of life, that strength is from the Lord. And if you're walking past that temple and you are in need of strength, that pillar there named Boaz is a reminder that that if you're gonna get strength, it's gonna come to you from the Lord. And so right there, the the most awesome and beautiful temple, place of worship for God was this huge reminder that, that the Lord establishes and in him is strength. And the reason that Solomon did that was because that is who God had revealed himself to be in the history of Solomon's people. And I just kinda let my imagination run a little bit as Solomon is, he's thinking about and he's sketching out and kinda designing and putting some finishing touches on this temple. If you've ever seen somebody work with an architect or you've ever worked with an architect and have a little bit of creative flair, and Solomon had a creative flair, he's just kinda, he's, what, are these, what are these finishing touches look like? We're gonna name these we're gonna name these pillars. And, and I see him reflecting back on his history, the history of his people. And maybe he was thinking about, there was, there was a guy in his history, and we know about him from Judges chapter six and seven, a guy named Gideon. And Gideon, he was a couple hundred years before Solomon lived, and, and Gideon was a guy that was, um, he lived in fear. And rightfully so, because this group of people named the Midianites were oppressing the nation of Israel at that point, point. and they, when, it was, when it was harvest time, they came and took all their food. When it was planting time, they came and ran through their fields. I mean, they, just, they harassed them and oppressed them continually. And the Lord was getting ready to deliver his people from the oppression of the Midianites, and he came to Gideon. And this is recorded for us in Judges chapter six, verses 14 through 16. The Lord comes to Gideon the Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I'm the least in my family. And the Lord answered, I will be with you and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. So Gideon Gideon did what God told him to do and what he experienced as he lived out this particular assignment, this particular call that God had placed on him, he discovered that that he could do what he'd been given to do. When when the Lord says to him, hey, you go in the strength that you have and I'll be with you, what God was saying to him in that moment was, you go and I'll be the strength. And so Solomon is reflecting back on this guy, Gideon, who was just a guy but given this really big assignment and thinking that's the Lord who establishes and it is in him that we find strength. He might have been thinking about another guy that was a little later in his history, a guy named Jonathan. This time, there was a new enemy for the people of the nation of Israel, it was the Philistines. Jonathan was the son of the first king of the nation of Israel, his dad was Saul, in 1 Samuel chapter 14, one day Jonathan, son of Saul, said to his young armor bearer, come, let's go over to the Philistine outpost on the other side, but he didn't tell his father, On the on each side of the pass that Jonathan intended to cross to reach the Philistine outpost was a cliff. One was called Bozes, which means slippery. So he is, he's walking in this valley, literally between two cliffs. One of them is named Bozes, which means slippery, and the other Sene, which means thorny. And so he is, he is walking this narrow line in between slippery slope and thorny cliff, and Jonathan says to his young armor bearer, come, Let's go over to the outpost of those uncircumcised men. He's talking about the Philistines. Perhaps the Lord will act in our behalf. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. Do all you have in mind, his armor bearer said. Go ahead, I'm with you, heart and soul. So Jonathan said, come on then. We'll cross over toward them and let them see us. So We're gonna let the enemy see us. And if they say to us, wait there until we come to you, we'll stay where we are and not go up to them. But if they say, come up to us, we'll climb up because that'll be our sign that the Lord has given them into our hands. So they showed themselves to the Philistine outpost. These Philistine warriors are sitting around their fire, whatever they're, and look, said the Philistines, the Hebrews are crawling out of the holes they were hiding in. So they're just trash talking them in this moment. And the men of the outpost shouted to Jonathan, his armor bearer, come up to us and we'll teach you a lesson. So Jonathan said to his armor bearer, climb up after me, the Lord's given them into the hand of Israel. And so they climbed up, thorny, slippery slope and the story tells, the story goes on. Jonathan and his armor bearer, the two of them defeated 20 Philistines in an area about the size of a half an acre. So it was just a stand and fight deal. It wasn't like they had some things to hide around. It was a stand and fight and two dudes. God used those two guys to rescue and help deliver his people. And what I love about this story, here's what I love about this story. And Jonathan would tell you, if we could interview Jonathan today, he would say, hey listen, it's the Lord. The Lord did that. I mean, one of his comments, perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf. Let's go over here and see if something happens here. Perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf. They volunteered. They just. They volunteered to go do something to see if the Lord was in it. And and the Lord was in it and gave them strength. And Solomon may be reflecting back on this story of Jonathan and his armor bearer and them raising their hand and saying, hey, let's see if God's in something here. Let's just go check this out. It's the Lord who establishes. It's the Lord who gives strength. He might have been thinking about something happened to his dad, David. So, David, I'm sure David told him this story. So early in David's life, David and his little army were out on patrol, and they had left their tents, their wives, their children, their possessions to go out on this patrol. And while they were out on this patrol, their enemies came in and kidnapped their wives and children and took all their stuff and ran back to enemy territory with them. So David and his guys come back on their patrol and discover like, everybody and everything is gone. First Samuel, chapter 30, verse six. So David was greatly distressed because the men, we're talking of stoning him. So so he's their leader and this is such a mess, they come back from that patrol. Not only has David lost his family and stuff, all these guys who had lost their family and stuff are now like, this is David's fault, let's get him. So so David is greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him and each one of them was bitter in spirit because of his sons and daughters. David found strength in the Lord his God. And then he prayed and he asked the Lord whether they should go chase those guys that had taken their families and stuff. He took time to ask the Lord about that. And the Lord said go and send him, and they went and caught those guys and got their families and all their stuff. Back And all of that happened, all of that happened because the Lord had given David and his men the strength they needed to accomplish it. And so Solomon, building this temple, thinking back on the history of his people, names these pillars for everybody to see so that we all remember the Lord establishes. And in him, we find strength. I think what the scripture is doing here is in story form, from Gideon, from Jonathan, from David's life, Solomon's naming of those temple pillars. What, what's happening in story form in one section of the scriptures is just, it's the same statement that the Apostle Paul made in letter form. We read it earlier, Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. When he was writing these words, the apostle Paul was sitting in prison. And he acknowledged that I can sit in prison in the strength that Christ gives. Reflecting back on Paul's life as he's writing these words, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Paul had he had the opportunity to, to stand before kings and talk about Jesus in the strength that Jesus gives and to be sent to jail for the things that he said in those moments and to rot in prison in the strength that Jesus gives. He had the opportunity to debate the best and brightest Jewish minds of his day about Jesus, whether or not he was their Messiah and the price tag, and he did that in Jesus's strength, and the price tag for that for him was he received 39 lashes on five separate times, and he endured that in Jesus' strength, and he got to stand with the best and brightest minds of the Gentile world in Athens, the Areopagus, and talk about Jesus, and he did that in Jesus' strength, and he got run out of town for the things that he was saying to them. And, and so the apostle Paul, when he writes this statement, I can do all things, through Christ who gives me strength. He's, he's talking about the, the scope of his life and his ministry. I actually read this this morning in Romans chapter 15, in my, just in my Bible reading time, I just kinda came across this. One of the things that he says is he says, hey, I, don't, I, don't, I only talk to you about the things that Christ has done through me. And so as he highlights the different things that go on in his life, he just, all of that, he's pointing to, hey, this is what Christ has done to me. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I gotta tell you, like this is a really big promise. This is, this is, in my view, and as we trace it through the scriptures, this is not some narrow little promise that only belongs in this one little section of life. This is a really big promise that God makes to his people. And you and I can grab onto it and live life wondering what does it look like if he actually gives me strength? to do all things. And so I've got a few things here, just what if he does? And I hope these are encouraging to you because this is, this is not limited to just enduring the struggles. This is also about seizing the opportunities that the Lord sets in front of us. So what if he does? First thing, if you have to go through it, the Lord is with you and willing to give you the strength you need to keep going. If you're if you are standing on the edge of or standing in the middle of something that is just hard and you don't know if you can stand here any longer. You don't know if you can do this anymore. You can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. And so if if you are if you're in the middle of it right now and And this weekend, you're wondering, can I make it? The answer to you is yes. You can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. He will give you what you need to stand in where you're standing and to make it through if you'll receive it from him. If it seems like, here's another thing, what if he does? If it seems like the Lord is in it, give it a shot. You don't have to just be suffering or trying to endure through something to receive this promise. You could be standing, you'd be looking at an opportunity and wondering if you have what it takes to to do this. If it seems like the Lord is in it, give it a shot. Remember Jonathan and his armor bearer. Hey, let's show ourselves to the enemy and and let's see if the Lord's gonna do something. You know, he can, he can deliver by many and he can deliver by few. Who knows what'll happen, let's go give it a shot. And, and so if, you, if you're on the edge of an opportunity or if you're looking for an opportunity, if it seems like something the Lord is in and you're wondering if you have what it takes, you can give it a shot because you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. We got a thing this summer. It might be one of those kind of opportunities for you. You saw the mission trip just a minute ago. We also have Kid City. We minister to kids every weekend here in this building and oper- awesome opportunity to build into their lives. And we're looking for people who will serve three times this entire summer. This is great. If, you, if you've never served with kids before, it's been a while for you and you're like, I wonder if I still have what it takes to do that. I never had kids or I have kids and I'm tired of them or I used to have kids and I don't know if I've got it in me anymore. Like, we all ask those questions, right? You can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. If that's, like if that feels like something God might be in for you. And we're real easy to sign up on that. Like if you're in this room, there's a QR code and you can click the put your phone on that and what's happening at CCC, Summer Serve, it says that. If you're online, you can hit the Kid City page and you can sign up there. But just a great opportunity to see the Lord might be in this. It's just, you have freedom to try stuff, to see that the Lord is in it because he, he will give you strength he will give you strength. And then the last one, if you know that the Lord has called you to it, receive his strength to do it. Gideon, first one we talked about. I don't have what it takes to do this. Go in the strength you have, I will be with you, says the Lord. And so if you've been if you've been sitting back because you're not sure you have what it takes to do something you have been feeling the Lord nudge you towards or direct you towards. You don't have what it takes, but <laughs> he'll be with you. And you can, you can receive his strength and run to it. Which leads to a really important question. How do I receive this strength that God promises to give me? All right. So, how, like, how do I receive this strength strength that that could be mine for endurance for for an opportunity i'm looking at or for something i know i've been called to how do i receive this strength let me give you a handful of things that hope will be helpful to you and if you need to take a picture of the screen as we run through these things feel free to do this so you can process them a little bit later first thing how do you receive god's strength is to admit and keep on admitting that you don't have what it takes when we begin to think we've like we have what it takes to accomplish this, that's the that's dangerous place for somebody who's trying to do something that the Lord is calling them to or walking them through. If you, if you wanna do it on your own, God is a gentleman and he will allow you to do it on your own until you have come to the conclusion that you don't have what it takes and that you need him. And so to just to admit and to keep on admitting that you don't have what it takes to ask and keep asking the Lord to give his strength to you just to acknowledge I don't, I'm don't. i in this, I'm looking at this, I'm doing this, and I don't have what it takes to do that. I do not have the strength, but you do, will you give me your strength? I'm gonna go, and the strength that I have, will you be with me in this? And to ask and to keep on asking the Lord to give his strength to you, and then to invite other people to pray with you. I love this little prayer in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. That out of this abundant power, strength of the glorious riches that God has, that he would strengthen you. His power, through his spirit, so that you can do what he has you to do. So to invite other people to pray with you and to pray that prayer for you on your behalf, that that you would be able to stand, that you would have... What it takes to go that you would as you walk into what he's called you in your life. Next thing is helpful is to read and to listen to strength stories from the scriptures, biographies of Christian people, conversations amongst friends. Here's where the Lord's shown up for me. Here's these are the places where I don't have what it takes, but somehow like it's happening, and because I know the Lord's doing this for me and to to read and to listen to those strength stories and then in faith to do the next right thing, to do the next right thing and and for some of us the next right thing might be like to take a break for a minute, you know, to just breathe and to receive from the Lord but in faith to do the next right thing. My experience—I think the experience is true—the scriptures that until you really start moving into what God has for you, that strength doesn't show up. You don't—you don't get like the abundance of strength to hold here in my hand before I step towards it. It's as you and I step into what He has for us, the strength shows up. And so, in faith, that this—this this God who has promised that He will give you the strength to do what you need to do—to—to to step into that, in faith, do the next right thing, and receive this strength that He He gives to you, and then. And then just keep moving forward in the strength that he provides. Because there's a great temptation that once, once we kind of get going, all right, God, you got me started, I, I got it from here. And we, we keep moving forward in this strength that God provides, and you and I could get to live in this reality of the consistent testimony of men and women of faith, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So I wanna pray this over you. And then after I pray, I've got some questions for you just to reflect on as you go about your weekends. If you guys would bow your head and close your eyes with me. Father, thank you for this great and precious promise that you have given to us. Jesus, thank you for the strength we need for whatever it is we are either enduring or accomplishing today and we acknowledge that your strength is resurrection strength your victory is victory over death there's there's nothing in heaven and or on earth that can stop you so we will walk forward in the strength that you provide i pray for my friends who are who are in the thick of it right now i pray that they would they would receive this strength that you want to give them, that you would fill them with your hope and with your peace, with your love. Maybe they'd be aware of your presence so that they can endure. Pray for my friends who are who are considering some things and wondering whether you're in it, that they would know that they can do this because you will give them the strength. And And for those of us who who we know there's a next step we're supposed to take and we're just not sure we've got it in us. May we walk forward in confidence, knowing that we can do this, the strength that you provide. So thank you for being a God who, who loves us and gives to us as you lead and guide us. Fill us up, please, help us move forward. And Jesus, we pray these things in your name, amen. All right, a handful of questions for you, and I think these would be really good discussion as you leave the worship service and, and head into whatever's next for you. So the first one is what comes to mind when you think about the strength that comes from God? When we talk about that, and I, just, I use that term up here, and I just wonder what you think about that, what, what comes to mind when you think about strength that comes from God? Second, where do you fall? Like I, I told you and defended, where do you fall? Do you think that's a narrow thing, that God will give you his strength? Do you think it's narrow? Or do you think it's a broader set of circumstances where that applies? And um, why do you think that? So just kinda of process that a little bit if you need to. Have you ever endured or accomplished something through Christ who gives you strength? And if so, what was it? How'd you receive a strength? What was that like for you? If you've, if you've, if you've had this experience before, to, to talk about that, to think about that, to reflect on that, and then the last question, just to be a little bit vulnerable and transparent with the people you're having this conversation with, um, what do you need Christ's strength to attempt or endure right now? And I hope you'll have this conversation, if, at least reflect on it, but I hope you'll have this conversation with some people who, who love Jesus and love you. There'll be a whole lot of onward and forward for you in your life if you'll do that. So thanks for being here this weekend. It's been great to worship with you, those of you here in the room, those of you who are here online, we really appreciate it. May God bless you guys. I love you. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week.